All right. Welcome back to Press Any Button. I'm Nikki. I'm Eric. Um, before we continue, Eric, do you mind if I shuffle my deck real quick? Go for it, I guess. <laughs> That's me shuffling my super sweet deck that I've clearly built up to kill anyone and everyone. Only just to lose it right after you've done so well. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> what are we talking about today, Eric? Uh, we're talking about Slay the Spire. Oh, yeah. That little game. <laughs> did you ever play that in the whole time? Yeah, we did. I did. Oh, good job. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Slay the Spire is a roguelike deck building video game developed by Megacrit and published by Humble Bundle. The game was first released in early access for Microsoft Windows mac os and linux in late 2017 with an official release in january 2019 it would later be released for playstation 4 switch and xbox one that same year an ios version was released in 2020 and an android version was released in 2021 and fun fact, they released all those versions one at a time. <laughs> Eric, you're not supposed to do fun facts yet. You're Sorry. jumping way ahead. Jumping the shark. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you pumped. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped, I'm going to throw down my energy card. <laughs> <laughs> that I, just went, I just went blank. I was trying to think of a name of one of the cards, and I, like, I went totally blank. You're so ready. You're going to throw that deck into the trash can so you can start a brand new one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Yeah, Nikki. Are you ready to tell me all about Slade Spire? I am. And also, are you ready to tell me about the whale at the beginning? I am, but I'm saving that for the very end. <gasps> I don't want to like... The anticipation. I was about to say, I don't want to blow my load too soon. <laughs> uh, good okay, one. we'll start wherever you want then, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'll start from the beginning. All right. So the developer of Slay the Spire Megacrit was founded in 2017, the same year Slay the Spire was released for early access by co-founders Anthony Giafanati and Casey Yano. Cool. So just two people? Yeah, those are the co-founders of Megacrit. Okay. But they've only ever released this one game. So far. So far. All right. As of 2023. Okay, so the main inspiration for Slay the Spire came from the roguelikes the Binding of Isaac and Faster Than Light, and card games like Dominion and the collectible card game Netrunner. I've never heard of any of those games. I was about to say, have you played any of those games? No. You remember Faster Than Light, though, right? Definitely not. Coincidentally, it was the game that you always thought sounded like a whale. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, the whale game. Yeah, the whale. As Nikki knows it, the <gasps> whale game. Coming, is that where the whale's from? No, <laughs> nothing to do with the whale. Totally different company. <laughs> okay, cool. So I hadn't heard of either of those card games, but I did learn that Netrunner was designed by the same person who designed Magic the Gathering, uh, oh, okay. Richard Garfield. So there's gotcha. a pretty good similarity between Magic the Gathering and Netrunner. Okay. 
in the sense that yeah you're buying cards and collecting them and then you're building your deck but, yeah yeah i'm slightly more familiar with magic the gathering but i never played it yeah but it was really popular for a time yeah I my think- brother was really into it my stepbrother was really into it there was like a whole store at the mall where people would just play magic like all day long yeah determining the balance of cards was done by analyzing the results of a large number of play testers, uh, cards would be removed when they found that players generally wouldn't pick them. They also could determine a card was overpowered if it showed up in a very high percentage of winning decks. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, so they were able to like... Just make those show up less or take some cards out. Yeah, like either make them more rare or or kind of edit their stats so mm-hmm. they're not quite as good. But yeah, they if they noticed like players just weren't picking some cards, they would just go ahead and take them out. Yeah, I would imagine there would be a lot of, like, R&D that would go into that part of the game. Yeah. Well, considering that's, like, the whole game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In early builds of the game, enemies did not show their intended action. This caused a lot more randomness and did not mesh well with the permadeath aspect of the game. They found that once an enemy's action was known, it allowed players to be able to strategize better and was generally more engaging. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part of the game. So you kind of like, you know what the enemy is going to do every time, but the game is actually still very, very hard. Yeah, because just because you know what to do doesn't mean you have the cards to do that. Or even if you know how to play your cards to counter it. Because sometimes you actually will have the solution within your cards to actually counter it pretty well, but you might not know it. Oh, true. Until you kind of learn how to play a little bit better. Yeah, that's true. Because each thing you fight has its own kind of like rules that you need to learn. Yeah. So they added a system called Next Turn, which allowed players to click on the individual enemies to find out if it was attacking or not. Uh, This system would eventually be replaced with the Intent system, which used icons to represent the enemy's next move without needing any additional prompting from the user. So yeah, for a while they were just like, okay, click on the enemies and then you can kind of see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then they just replaced it with, we're just going to put it right on the screen. Yeah, I'm glad. I I wouldn't (laughs) want to do that extra step. Yeah. Especially if you're going to have it available every single time and it's something I'm going to be clicking on every single time. Yeah, just put it out there. Yeah, I think that would get old pretty quick. Especially, yeah, you're probably going to want to know their intention every single move. So So Anthony credits indirect feedback from watching online streamers play the game uh, during early access to help improve the balance. As he said, a streamer isn't going to be afraid to speak their minds or insult you. They probably (laughs) don't even know you're there most of the time. That's true. Unless your name is like, you know, Slay the Spire Creator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> R&D, you know, like no one's going to. And even if that was your name, people would be like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you just kind of like go on to a stream semi-anonymously. And yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, normally you'd have to pay someone to come in, play your game and watch them to get that kind of feedback. And now it's just free online. Just go check it out and like you don't have to pay for that. Yeah, exactly. So Play the Spire was released for early access in November of 2017, and it did not do that great initially. They only sold about 2,000 copies in the first couple weeks, which they were pretty disappointed by. I mean, it was their first game. Yeah, I I guess they really didn't have a track record at that point. Early access. How often do you buy early access games? Yeah, I don't. Especially from a company... (laughs) It'd be one thing if it was a company where you play like two, three games that they made. And so you're just, you'll play whatever they come out with because you're like, you know, like their work. But if it's a new 
company and you have no idea if the game's going to be good or what their past work is. Like, I don't know. Seems like kind of a gamble to, to buy early access. Oh, game. yeah, definitely. Because you're basically paying for the game before it's finished in yeah. early access. It Do was... you know how much it was by chance? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. Sure. Re- like, okay, maybe if it's a couple bucks, maybe you'll try it out. If it's like, you know, 20 bucks or uh, something, if, I don't know. If it's a couple bucks, I'm thinking it's probably not going to be very good anyway. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not until a Chinese streamer featured the game on their channel that had over a million views did Megacrit start to see large a large rise in sales. And by February 2018, the game had sold more than half a million copies. Nice. So within a That's couple cool. months after that streamer kind of went mm-hmm. viral with it, they uh, then they started to sell like just a ton of copies. How did you hear about the game? Because you you got really into this game for a while. Yeah, um, it was like every time I would look over, you were playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you're playing the card game again. Yeah. <laughs> the way I heard about it was I was looking for new games to play, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was reading reviews on some of the good ones. Uh, specifically looking for roguelike games, okay, and this yeah. game came up. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I'm like, you had to do something specific because, yeah. you know, it's very broad if you just do all video games. <laughs> yeah, but this game was reviewed, uh, had reviewed really well, so. Cool. That's what drew me to it. And that's pretty much my history. It's kind of a short history. I, yeah. do, I do have some uh, fun facts, though. Ooh. So was there not a lot of info out there about this and how it got made and stuff? Uh, not a ton, but, you know, there's some stuff. Yeah. They had a few uh, pretty decent interviews. Awesome. So fun fact number one. So Anthony still maintains a Netrunner community fan site called Stimhack. <laughs> okay. Uh, early in development for uh, Slave Aspire, Anthony turned to players in his community to help with playtesting and getting feedback for the game. So even before they released it for like early access, he was uh, trying to get feedback from his uh, STEM hack community. That's cool. And I thought that was kind of neat too, because like, okay, yeah, these guys are all like fans of this card game. So mm-hmm. let's see how they would like this other card game. Yeah. And I bet, you know, they probably could give him some good feedback on it. Yeah. I bet he got a lot of good feedback. Okay, so fun fact number two, and this is the fact you've been waiting for. Ooh, yes. So the three-eyed whale at the beginning of the game okay. who gives you your starting bonus uh, is named Neow. That's Neow? N-E-O-W. Okay. So there's an event that you can randomly come across in Act 2 uh, called Cursed Tome. Uh, Tome? <laughs> like the last game we played? <laughs> no, Cursed Tome. Okay. <laughs> um, I was like, what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, and this uh, this event gives insights on Niao's origins. Ooh. Did you ever go come across this? Yeah, but I don't think I really paid attention to oh, what it said. Oh, Eric. Okay, I didn't come across it when I played. But anyway, uh, according to uh, the Cursed Tome, she is an ancient of resurrection who was exiled to the bottom of the spire. <laughs> uh, because of this, she seeks vengeance against the spire by blessing outsiders and using them for her own purpose. Ooh. Uh, those erect. Uh, she looks so sweet. <laughs> she does. Those resurrected by Niao remember only fragments of their past selves and are cursed to fight for eternity. Oh, shit. <laughs> She's kind of badass. <laughs> She's kind of an evil character. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I mean, my interactions with her are usually pretty pleasant. <laughs> she usually gives you something at the beginning of your round, run. And 
you yeah. know, and fun, it's and cool. Another <laughs> bonus, bonus fun fact is Ooh. what kind of bonus she gives you to kind of depends on your previous run. Okay. So the better your previous run, the better your bonus oh. or potential bonus. There's always like a couple that are the same every time. Yeah. But there's a couple extra that you can earn by getting further. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So fun fact number three. Okay. The three original playable characters, the Ironclad, the Silent, and the Defect, are based on the Warrior, the Rogue, and the Wizard classes. Okay. <laughs> if you if you notice that. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Mm, I mean, you know, loosely, I can see it. Yeah. The creators wanted to try to make the characters more memorable than that. So they came up with the variants that they came up with uh, for each one. Yeah. I do like how different all the starting characters are. Yeah. But yeah, they're kind of based on a warrior, a rogue, and a wizard. That makes sense. Well, what about the fourth character then? Um, the fourth character, the Watcher, was actually free DLC that came out later. Oh. So I I couldn't really find anything where they said what she might have been based on. Gotcha. They might have just wanted to do something different from those three. Yeah, and she's honestly I couldn't place her class, so I I have no idea. Okay. On a personal level, <laughs> I could guess. I think I only only played with her like once, so. So far, anyways. Oh, okay. She's fun. I think she's tougher, in my opinion, than the other characters to get yeah. used to. So, fun fact number four. Ooh, so many fun facts. And this is, yeah, this is the last one. Oh, dang. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, early development, before they had their three original characters, they simply had a drawing of a stick figure wearing a top hat <laughs> as the main playable character, who they referred to as Hat Guy. Nice. That sounds like something you would do. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, they kinda, it really does. <laughs> they just kind of had a placeholder guy. <laughs> I like it. That that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and that concludes my fun facts. Ooh, so many fun facts. Bow, Good bow, job. Bow, fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need a fun facts like little theme song? Yeah, I think having a jingle would help for sure. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right, before we get into the pros and cons, uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about. The gameplay. I'm, I don't want to talk about the story because there's not really much to talk about. Uh, what do you mean gameplay? Because um, we usually do strategy later. Yeah, I'll, just the the basics on the gameplay because. Oh, okay. Like you have to build your deck and stuff. Yeah, I feel like not everyone's <laughs> gonna know what a deck building roguelike is. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't have known before. Yeah. Necessarily, so go for it. Okay. So each time you start a game, you have four different characters you can choose from. Each character has a unique deck of cards and relics associated with them. So you start with some basic cards, mostly strikes and blocks, and as you progress, you gather cards and relics to add to your deck. There are a total of three acts with an additional short final act once you unlock it, which is basically just a sub-boss and a final boss. And any run that completes the third act is considered a winning run regardless of whether you die in the final act. That's the only way I won. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And once you complete a run... Wait, did you ever get to the final act? No, I didn't. Okay. So once you complete a run... Oh, wait. Uh, wait, unless you... Does that one time that I beat the third act, but then I like... It did that weird thing count? No. <laughs> you still Where haven't... Where you said I technically won the you game, s- but... Yeah, no you, no, you know, no, you won it. Yeah. Um, you didn't get a chance to do the final act because you have to unlock some stuff first. Oh, Yeah. Uh, maybe so, I'll keep playing. So you haven't quite unlocked the final act. <sighs> so once you complete a run, whether you win or die, the progress you made and the deck you built are totally gone and you have to start from scratch. The difference will be the starting blessing that you can choose from, from Niao, 
uh, which will depend on how your previous run did. And that's uh, where the, the roguelike yeah. game, the part comes in. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. once you've beaten the game for a character, you will unlock the next ascension level, which can add more difficulty to the game. Ooh. There are 20 ascension levels, all with unique stacking negative effects. <laughs> uh, for example, if you play ascension level two, you'll get the negative effects of uh, normal enemies being deadlier, plus the level one negative effect of the game spawning more elites. And there are a lot of negative effects. Yeah. So it's kind of like the better you get, the more challenging it wants to make the game. So yeah, and not that just, makes sense because like the better you get, you kind of need the challenge to, to go at your pace or yeah. else it gets too easy. I feel like the game like starts to get ridiculously challenging. <laughs> too challenging, too fast. Yeah. Once, once you hit like ascension level four or five, it's like, just like, man, this is really hard now. Huh. Interesting. Like how many runs do you have to do to get like to the next level do you think just one if you win oh well as long as you run at that whatever ascension level you were uh, on you don't have to do the ascension part if you want if you just want to play the regular game okay so if you win you move up yeah you can okay. keep moving up and you can go back and run an earlier level like oh, you can okay, go back cool. and run level three if you're on level four or uh, something. okay yeah i didn't know if it was like maybe every like you needed more than one win to level up or whatever no it's just one cool. it just really it get, it just gets really hard yeah <laughs> but not too hard because you still played it a lot <laughs> yeah so it still can't be interested because if it's too hard people don't really play it right it's like i'll yeah. move on to something that's that's true a little more doable <laughs> you want to go on to pros and cons sure so what was something you liked about it so I actually liked that I was surprised by this game. I think... Were you shocked? I was shocked. Ooh. I was slayed. Slayed? <laughs> slayed. I was slayed. <laughs> because just watching you play, it really does not look that interesting. <laughs> I mean, the artwork is pretty good, but, you know, it doesn't really look like a game that I would typically go for. Mm-hmm. And I think we played it once before, but uh, like we were kind of drunk. So <laughs> I don't really remember it. Like, you know? Yeah. So I was kind of surprised, pleasantly surprised that I liked this game a lot more than I thought I would. Like actually playing it is a lot more fun than just watching someone else play it. Yeah. And Whereas, a, you know, some games are fun to watch other people play. I feel like this one really isn't one of those games. <laughs> <laughs> Unless yeah. you're trying to get better, like get ideas for strategy or something like that from yeah. someone else. Yeah, I agree. This game it would not probably be my favorite to watch, but it is a lot of fun to play. Yeah. So one of the things I liked was the unique combination of genres. You know, I like roguelikes. I like deck building games. And this is a great combination of the two. Mm-hmm. I've never played a deck building game before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a totally new experience for me. Yeah, I haven't played a lot of them. I'm trying to think of exactly. And the only other roguelike I've played is Hades, which I really liked, but this is way different from oh, Hades. Yeah. <laughs> this is very different. This um, is much more strategy based. Much more, I would say, if you have never played a roguelike, this would be a good one to, to start with. Oh, you think so? Because... The runs don't take that long. Yeah, it's very short. So, Actually, whereas I feel like in Hades, if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but like a run through was pretty long. 
Mm, and I don't Wasn't it? feel like it was much longer than a good run with uh, <sighs> Slay the Spire. I feel like you could finish the game in an hour or two hmm. if you had a really good run. I just, I guess I feel like I had to try a lot harder to get through a run on Hades. Whereas this one, you know, I did like about five, six runs and I was able to get through, you know, and win. Okay. Yeah. You were able to beat the game a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. Not quite as difficult as Hades. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mentioned this earlier, but yeah, the fact that you said it was pretty, runs were pretty short. I actually had that as a pro. Yeah, I had that as a pro as well. So, yeah, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, like hour. 45 minutes to yeah. maybe, maybe an hour, hour and a half. Obviously, less. if you want to sit there and, and really think through every turn, yeah. like you can make it long. <laughs> <laughs> but if you just want to just, I think a normal pacing would be about an hour. Yeah. You know? I'd say that's And it also longer. depends on the run, too. Like, if you have more, like question marks instead of fights then it wouldn't take as long as if you had all fights yeah but yeah because the battles take they take longer yeah, yeah they take a lot longer than just like answering a question about if you want to like lose gold to gain hp or like <laughs> get a relic or i don't know yeah whatever also, else <laughs> also they can be pretty short if you like to be a little bit risky like i do sometimes Mm-hmm. Go for that high Gotta risk. Gotta risk it to get reward. the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this game gives you a lot of choices. And I don't know if this is just all roguelikes or maybe you can tell me, Eric. But like, I like that you have, you know, the four characters you can start as. I also like that it lets you choose your path and it lets you kind of see the path beforehand. I thought that was kind of cool. I don't think they did that in Hades. Yeah, like, I mean... Where you kind of got to see what was coming a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. Some roguelikes will give you a lot of choices. I don't know. It just depends. <laughs> it really does depend. Well, I like that this gives you a lot of choices, I guess. Especially, I think the choosing your own path is very interesting because it's like, okay, if you want to go for relics or like higher... But it would be higher ranking like rewards. Yeah. You can go for a path that has more battles. But if you kind of want to be more risky and like maybe try to save your HP, you can pick a path with more question marks, which obviously you don't know what they are. Yeah. But usually it can be anything. It could be a battle. <laughs> that's, that's what's so great about Like it. it could be a battle. But usually I find that it's like you stumble upon. Yeah, it's an you event. know, like an NPC. Yeah, it's an event. Like, you usually have a question that you have to make a choice for. Like, if you want to, yeah, get a relic, get more HP, or like, what's some of the other stuff? Yeah, it usually involves making a choice, and there's a good outcome and a bad outcome. Yeah, it's like you could be cursed, maybe. Yeah. But you might get some gold, you know? Like, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It kind of breaks up the battles a little bit, too. So it's not just <laughs> battle after battle after battle. Yeah, I, I find it funny. One of the ascension levels actually makes the outcome for the uh, negative effects much more common in events. <laughs> so. Of course it does. <laughs> well, that's because, you know, by then you're probably an expert, right? So. Yeah, it's like uh, you probably need to avoid the question part <laughs> at that point. So one of the things I liked were the characters you play as like the designs are all really cool they all have really different unique decks and it makes playing each one feel like a new experience mm -hmm. 
So yeah, yeah, I just really enjoyed the character designs. And like, like you were saying, yeah, it's, it's cool that they didn't just use the warrior and rogue and sort uh, wizard templates. They kind of like went outside the box a little bit. Yeah. I think the, the coolest character is the guy uh, with the orbs. Yeah. The defect. Yeah. He's kind of like, I don't know. He looks very weird. I don't know if they got inspiration from something else, but it's kind of like his head is sort of like 2D almost. It's like flat sort of. <laughs> but he's got like these weird tubes, kind of like cyborgish. But yeah, I don't like know what he is. Yeah. <laughs> but he has these like cool orbs that will multiply like your defense or multiply. Um, They'll attack. Yeah. And I don't know. I really haven't seen a character like that anywhere else. Like yeah. any other game I've played. He's he's a lot of fun to play. Uh, I really like him a lot. My favorite is the silent. Like, uh, I love her poison moves and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the second character, yeah. right? Yeah. Also, I her like, goat, I like that one, too. Goat skull hat yeah. <laughs> that she wears. Yeah. I mean, I honestly liked all the characters. I didn't play with the um, extra character that much because you have to, you know, unlock them. Like, at yeah. first, you only have the warrior and then you get the second character, and then you get the third. So it's like, you know, by the time I got to the fourth character, I didn't get to play with her as much. Yeah, I'm I'm actually impressed that you managed to actually get to the fourth character. <laughs> wow, thanks. And you I guess, really had a lot of uh, faith in me, huh? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know how well you're going to like a, a given game. You <laughs> might absolutely hate it and want to play, like, only a few times. That's true. I am, like, not very good with anything about just like picking one genre or one type of thing that I like, I like to be eclectic. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it is kind of random sometimes to anticipate if I'm going to like something. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's some games where you're like, yeah, Nikki's definitely going to like this. Yeah. But I could definitely see why you'd be like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> <laughs> because even I just looking at it, I was like, I don't know about this one. It doesn't really look like something i would like yeah but then i did like it so it's not like a heavy action focus it's a sit back and take turns and think about things yeah and i'm not always like the most patient person <laughs> yeah <so>. i know <laughs> <laughs> uh what's something else you liked i thought all the artwork was really nice oh yeah yeah um even if like there's really not a lot of movement or action happening like the actual artwork itself like the characters are all drawn really cool and it's not just like here's a bunch of bug looking enemies you know it's like a really wide variety of enemies yeah, pretty pretty unique enemies too you have like in everything from like a fallen statue head looking <laughs> yeah. guy to a spaghetti monster looking <laughs> thing to these little punk thieves that just look kind of, they're probably the most normal looking characters, but yeah. like, I don't know. It's just a wide plethora. You know, I yeah, like that. All, all the enemy designs are all really weird and unique. Yeah. I like the creativity in the monsters that you have to battle. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I liked was the amount of depth there is in this game. So on top of like having all the Ascension stuff, there are custom games that you can play. And there's also like a daily climb. Mm-hmm. or a daily run you can do yeah which is like different every single day and it has its own like independent leaderboard and stuff like that yeah i tried that today yeah 
I didn't make it through. I died at the very end. I was like, oh, oh. man, that sucks. I mean, I knew I was going to die because I only had like half of my HP. And there was just like, I didn't get any chance to get any more before the the end. Yeah. And it's like, you kind of need full HP at the end. Yeah. You'd like to be pretty for close the most to f- full up. Especially, yeah. yeah, that final third act boss or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any other pros? Uh, that's about it, I think. Yeah. I think that's it for me. What about kinds? So... At first, I think it can be a little overwhelming. There is a lot that you have to kind of learn. And if you don't take the time to use your controller and kind of hover over all the things, uh, I feel like there's a lot of information you could just miss if you, you know, weren't diligent. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know I had potions for a long time. Oh, or, no. I, or I I think I knew they were there. I just didn't really think about or know how to use them really. Yeah. Because, yeah, you don't think about like moving your cursor up to the, they're like in this very small mm-hmm. section, the very top of the screen. Yeah. And that's how you look at all your relics. Yeah. And that's how you look and get more detail about what the, the enemy is going to do. And just, there's a lot of stuff. That yeah. You it's, kind of look at. it's one of those things where I feel like until you kind of discover the rhythm and all this stuff, about the game like you're just gonna die a bunch mm-hmm. until you start yeah and start until you start to like figure out what the symbols mean and stuff like that and how the enemies behave yeah and each like and like i think we mentioned this earlier but like each uh, monster or like enemy that you battle has its own set of rules so it's like yeah it's not even like learn just this one character stuff it's like you have to learn this character that you're fighting with stuff but also each individual enemy what their special thing is and like how to fight them. Yeah. And you could technically go like, you can kind of hover over your relics and stuff. You can go over to the enemy and like hover over all their stuff too. Exactly. Because a lot of times they'll have like passive abilities and you can take the time to read up on them and stuff. But how many people do that? It's usually like, yeah, you just go for it. And then, (laughs) then you start to see what happens and find out and you're like, wait, why is it doing that? And yeah. And then you kind of like start to get it. But yeah, it's just, it could be a lot at first. So if you're, if you're one person to get overwhelmed easily, you know, it might be kind of a deterrent. Yeah, I agree. For me, one of my cons was, uh, things can get fairly repetitive around the 120th hour of gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously though, while there are a lot of different like card combinations, you'll start to see like some things over and over again, like common enemies and common cards and relics and stuff like that. Yeah, of there's, course. There's some common stuff that you're just going to see over and over again. Yeah. It's just the order that's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're complaining about that after over a hundred hours yeah, of gameplay, I, <laughs> I can't think of any game I've played for that long. So I can think God of, of War was like 80 something and I a hundred percented it. So I think that's probably the the most I've ever played. Uh, Animal Crossing. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Animal Crossing could be. Yeah, good call, good call. And maybe some online games like Overwatch and stuff. Oh but, yeah, definitely Overwatch. But those are kind of different. Yeah, true. Cool. I think there could be more action going on. It's kind of stale on screen to watch. It's like this really could be a like a phone game. Oh really? I mean, yeah, they did release it on phone. Yeah, so it's not really one that you have to play on a console. You can, I guess, if you want to. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think it really takes advantage of anything that the console can offer. Because, like, I mean, everything looks nice, but it's just 
nothing's really moving or anything. Yeah, and I game. think they designed it with the idea that you could, they eventually wanted to put it on like cell phone and tablet and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So when they were coming up with their design initially, they were like, they wanted something that was kind of simple that they would be able to, yeah, put on those, yeah. those types of devices. Yeah, it's just kind of a boring visually, like just there's just not a lot going on. And then also another design flaw that I was thought was kind of annoying was the cards kind of fan out across the bottom of the screen. Yeah. But the way they have it set up is like the cards on the right-hand side, which is where the enemies are, when you hover over them, they pop up and they cover up yeah. the stats of the enemy. So if you wanted to see how much HP they had left while you were looking at a card that was on the right-hand side, you'd have to go over to the card on the left-hand side so you could see their stuff. Yeah, sometimes they (laughs) do. And it's like like, they could have just spread it out a little bit more and not have had that overlap. Like, I don't think that would have been too hard to do. they do kind of come up in front of your characters a little bit. Yeah. So, and there was space above and below, so I feel like they could have just spread it out a little bit more so it didn't cover... It I, up, but I think it's part of the reason it's designed that way because it's also designed for smaller screens. Maybe, yeah. It was just kind of annoying. Yeah, when you have the space on like a big ass television, you know, it, you yeah, <laughs> take advantage of that. But yeah, that's all I have. Cool. So I'm excited to get to hear what your strategies were. Oh, okay. Yeah. Strategy number one: be patient. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's really important to look at all your cards before you make a move. Yeah. Because the order in which you play the cards can be very helpful and strategic. And if you're just in a rush and you're impatient and you play the first card that you see that you might want to play, you might regret it later because there might be another card that you could have played before it that maybe would have uh, multiplied its yeah, enhan- power, enhanced strength. Enhanced it in some way. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was a couple of times where I ac- accidentally did that. I got too happy, trigger happy. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, dang it. Why did I do that? Yeah. So definitely just take a second. And also, like, not all of your, your cards cost anything to play. So, like, each round you usually get three or four, was it, spirit points and energy energy points <laughs> I, like, I think we should call them spirit points though. <laughs> and your cards cost a certain amount of energy to play yeah so i feel like something a mistake that i would do often is i would play all of my energy but then i would play like the last card would draw a card and i would get a zero a card that costs zero to play and I just wouldn't anticipate that. So I would just end my turn <laughs> yeah. when I could have technically played another card for free because it it was zero. Yeah. So like there was a couple of times where I missed the opportunity to do that because I got too impatient. Yeah. So be a, li- be a little patient. Yeah, be patient. I yeah. feel like that's a good piece of advice. Uh, one of mine is uh, so charting out a good path from the beginning of an act is pretty oh, yeah. important. You want a balance of risk versus reward. Fighting elites, for example, can drain your HP, but it's important for gathering relics. Mm-hmm. So you actually want to include maybe a, one or two of those tougher fights if you can. Yeah. You also want to try to make sure you include plenty of like camping sites or camping spots where you can recover HP and upgrade cards. And as far as like the uh, events and enemies, like 
I kind of like a good balance because if you're just going pure events, sometimes you don't gather as many cards. True. So yeah, I kind of want to balance between the Battles, question mark events yeah. and actually just killing regular enemies and getting cards. Yeah. I usually try to look for the one that has like the most question marks, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't necessarily always go with that. I might pick one that has less because of what you said. Like you just get better loot when you beat an enemy. Yeah. And sometimes than... some of those question mark events will be enemies. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I feel so it's like it's not always a safe bet. Yeah. And sometimes if you get like low on HP or something, you do actually want to try to root out at like a safer path. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a balance. And it's also cool because the paths, some of them inter, like intercept or whatever. Yeah, intersect. <laughs> yeah, intersect. <laughs> intercept. I'm thinking of <laughs> NFL Blitz over here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if you start out on one path and you're like, eh, maybe I should change it up. Like you can kind of veer off to like possibly another direction. Like you're not stuck with like one singular path. Yeah, that's a nice aspect. Mm-hmm. Another thing is if you get a chance, it may not be obvious, but if you can get rid of cards from your deck. Oh, yeah. Like, that's usually a pretty good idea to get rid of some of the more basic cards. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll usually have a lot of just really basic block and basic um, strike cards. And they're not always... You know, they're not the worst, but they're not yeah. really the best compared they're, to, like, some of the more specialized cards you have. They're fine in the beginning, but as you get, like, into the second and third act and stuff, they start becoming noticeably bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I try to start getting rid of those strikes and blocks pretty early. Yeah, it's like the, in the first act, you know, dealing six points of damage might be okay because you're fighting enemies that are, like, you know, maybe 20, maybe yeah. 12 hp yeah even but like, like in the third act you're not going to be fighting anyone that's lower than probably 30 35 so like six hit point hit you know six hit points is not yeah that I, much I feel in like the third act you know what i mean yeah, i feel like that's even low for second act but yeah. yeah well yeah second and third i'm just saying as you go you kind of just those starter cards just aren't as yeah they get worse and worse powerful mm-hmm so finding combination of cards and relics that work well together is pretty important. A lot of that is kind of luck, <laughs> randomly coming across the cards and relics you want. And yeah. Then, and some of that will also depend on your character because there are unique, you know, the decks are unique to the characters. Mm-hmm. And, the, and there are actually some relics that are unique to characters too. Yeah. One thing you taught me was if you are at the store to see what relics you can buy because like i actually had that written down yeah (laughs) they're kind of small and like at first i was just like uh like i don't know i just overlooked them because they just don't look very significant (laughs) but then when you actually pay attention and you look at them like those can really help you because they stick with you battle after battle round after round and so it's kind of like i don't know some of them are really good some of them can be like start the round with five extra hit points or something like that or heal yourself after each boss fight or yeah you know gain two energy when you play five cards uh, in a round or like i don't know there's all kinds of random ones but like some of them are really good and they could be really helpful yeah uh, you always want to check out the relics yeah they're kind of mm-hmm. like your global variable so like work whereas cards are just going to affect that combat the relics are just kind of always there yeah they're always doing stuff which is really nice 
Exactly. When you don't and even... they kind of stack on top of each other too. So Yeah. And you don't ever have to drop any to get more. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like the potions, you can only have three at a time. Yeah. So that's another strategy. Like use your potions oh, yeah. because it kind of sucks when you get an option to pick up a potion and you have to leave it behind because you like didn't <laughs> use any of yours before and you can only yeah, all definitely three, like so. if a potion can save you some hit points consider using it especially yeah. uh and like don't forget about them yeah because it's kind of they're like up at the top and it's kind of easy to forget about the potions man especially if you get that one potion where or that one relic that gives you a potion after every single combat mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man i yeah. love that one and that and then i'm like okay i gotta remember to really use my potions like every single uh, combat yeah like, cause I could see why you want to be like conservative, a little yeah. conservative sometimes, but yeah, I would say, especially early on, you're going to get more potions. So use them. Yeah. So yeah, definitely save that money for relics too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Don't be wasting them on no potions or like cards that are on sale. Yeah. <laughs> I always yeah. bought, I don't know. Sales always get me. What yeah. is it? It's the psychology of it. It's like, <laughs> oh. So cheap. No, if you see, even in a game where it's like I'm not spending my real money, like. <laughs> I mean, no. If you see a good card on sale, 100 percent get it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I will. I'll get cards even if it's not on sale, and I think it's a good card that will really add a lot of value to the deck. Go ahead and splurge. Yeah, spend that gold. <laughs> Make it rain. That's about all I had. Yeah. Uh, you could get really, really into depth with strategy because you yeah. Know, uh, you could go into like individual deck uh, building That's for each true. character, but it, it's a lot, and we're definitely not. And people be able to... can make their own minds up about yeah. that stuff. We're just doing basics. Yeah, too much depth for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all I have as well. You want to go into the future? I didn't really see anything for the future. Did what? you find anything? You missed the big thing. Oh, God. There's a movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Netflix the, bought the rights. The bit that never ends. <laughs> yeah. In November last year, Megacrit started a Kickstarter okay. for a board game version of Slay the Spire with okay. a starting goal of raising $50,000. Whoa. They met the goal and raised almost $4 million before the <laughs> campaign ended. That's crazy. Uh, and the first copies are supposed to ship out in December of this year. Oh, so, cool. So hopefully by the end of the year, it'll be shipping out and there won't be any delays or anything. Uh, yeah. This is pretty much already a board game or card game. So <laughs> yeah. it probably doesn't really even need to be changed that much to be transferred over. Like yeah. that makes total sense. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. It was a little pricey. I think it was uh, on the Kickstarter. It was a hundred dollars in order Ooh, to get it yeah eh, i'll just wait until they mass produce it it'll probably be cheaper <laughs> maybe it'll come down on price yeah yeah I'll, I'll hold out too but i am excited the fact that they're making one I'm, I'm curious to see how they make a multiplayer i think it's supposed to be like where multiple players can play so the next step is to make a video game version of board <laughs> game that would be amazing yeah you yes. just keep going recursive inception or, uh, keep going meta like that Slayception. <laughs> and then you have a uh, board game version of the video game that you made i mean it would be cool to be able to play this game online with other people though so like yeah i mean i kind of do hope they do i was kind of making a joke but also that kind of would be cool because <laughs> it would be cool like yeah, it would be cool if you could play with other people on this game. Yeah, maybe that'll be a feature of Slay the Spire 2. Yeah. Which has not been announced. Mega Crit, if you're listening. 
<laughs> we just gave you your second game. There yeah. you go. <laughs> we'll um, take 10% of the earnings. So I feel like the world wants to know, Nikki, even though we kind of already spoiled it earlier. <laughs> did you make it to Act 3 in Ascension Mode? I did. Woo. And I even beat the game, technically. Wow. Even though I didn't make it to the, the fourth act. Yeah, the final act. Yeah. Because do you want to explain the glitch thing that I got? Well, it's not really a glitch. It's not a glitch. But... <laughs> you just have to unlock the final act. So in order to get the final act, you actually uh, you have to beat the game, the third act, with all three characters first. Mm. And once you do, then you'll get the option of uh, gathering three keys ah. as you go up through the act. And if you gather all three keys, then you'll get to go into the final act. Okay, so I need to beat the game with the two other characters, and then yeah. I can go to the fourth act. Yeah, and nice. but th- but then you'll be able to gather the keys. And the way mm-hmm. you gather the keys is like at one of the campsites, you basically have to remember the location of the key instead of either oh, God. resting or upgrading a card. Okay. Uh, and then at one of the treasure sites, instead of taking one of the relics, you have to uh, choose to choose uh, take the sapphire key, I think. Mm-hmm. And then for the third one, there'll be a certain elite that's marked on the board on okay. each act that will have it. Oh, um, okay. until, until you beat that elite and get it. And then, you know, that won't be marked anymore. But okay. so, yeah, there are three things you have to do within the game in order to unlock the final act. How would you know that while you're playing? Does well, it tell you? And, yeah. You know, those you don't have the option of doing that until you beat okay. the game with all three characters. OK, cool. So you, you wouldn't even be able to do it. Gotcha. So I have a lot more hours I need to put in. <laughs> you have a lot more hours to go. I, actually, I don't think it would take you that long. All right. And I think it's your pick for the next game. What? No, it's not. I know. It's not. This is where we surprise you all and we announce our next special guest. Who is it, Nikki? Do you want to say, Eric? Sure. Yeah, I'll say it. Uh, Say it. Uh, So it's Karen Cardinal. Karen Cardinal. And... You know, you might be saying, hey, that last name sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) That's because she is a sister-in-law of Michael and John Cardinal, who have been on our podcast already. (laughs) And not Larry. Larry hasn't been on yet. Yeah. Larry's the third brother, but... Maybe someday. Someday, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, so she sent us her challenge. So it says, excited to be on the podcast. The game I'm picking is Mario Party Superstars. Ah, sweet. GameCube version. Oh. Oh. That'll be interesting. We do have a GameCube, so we'll have to get the GameCube version. I'll have to dust We don't already have it, do we? No. Okay. (laughs) Because we have a lot of GameCube games. The challenge is you must get three stars and have over 46 coins left in the bank by the end of the game. And I've actually... Confession. Never played any of the Mario Party games. Oh, really? So that's like another language to me. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> so, Eric, is that a hard challenge? I have no idea. <laughs> I've never played that particular version of the game. So What? Maybe That's kind of shocking. I figure you would have. Uh, I played... I remember playing like the first or second one. I don't think I've ever owned a Mario Party game. I've always wow. played it at other people's houses. <gasps> well, the time is now. Yeah. You do have a $20 gift card to still collectibles. We yeah, can see if true. they have it. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> they need to start paying us for all this uh, <laughs> sweet like product placement. Well, not product placement, but endorsements. Yeah, you know, free advertising. Yeah. 
still collectibles if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) just kidding but all right i'm excited yeah yeah excited to have karen on and i'm excited to play mario party for the first time me too and all the firsts can't believe we never played a mario party before me too because you you explained it to me it's like just a bunch of mini games right it's a board game uh with a bunch of mini games yeah it it. sounds super fun it sounds like something you'd play at obviously a party (laughs) yeah but yeah i've never played it so i'm excited well cool all right well i guess we'll see if we do the challenge until next time bye bye If you like what you heard, join us on our website, pressanybutton.net. Leave us a comment. You can do all kinds of stuff on there. You can see our Instagram feed. You can listen to our raps. You can do other things that are cool. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, we just want to know what you think about Slay the Spire. Have you ever played it? What do you think about it? Let us know. Bye.